Did you choose a Plato and Platonus for a friend? <laughs> yeah, they are my friends now. So, and uh, they are also friends with William Butler Yeats. So. Oh, Yeats, yeah. Well, are you reading your poetry or Yeats poetry? Well, I. I'm taking a pause from reading my old poetry, or I think I read most of it. So I was reading Yeats' poetry. Oh, that's nice. And uh, um, I'm writing new poetry as well. So, Oh, I see. When are you going to podcast it? Yeah. Well, it's going to the Wix blog, uh, David Smith 208 at this time. But anyway, so why don't you read from Yeats then? Okay. Uh This, this I like it. So it's written for me. Oh, I see. When you start your journey. Yeah, I'm going on a journey. So I'm, this is written for me or I made it my poem. So I, going to read it, so it's my poem now, if I read it. Oh, I see. Is this prior to your de- departure from from New York? Uh, what, sh- what are you going to do? What shall I do? Well, I should read. I think what I should do is maybe podcast a poem by Yeats uh, called The Tower. Oh, then do that. Okay, that's what you should do. Yeah, that's what I should do. Oh, okay. Uh, the tower. That's what I should do, I think. What shall I do with this absurdity? Oh, heart. Oh, troubled heart, this caricature. Decrepit age that has been tied to me. As to a dog's tail. Hmm. Never had I more excited, passionate, fantastical imagination, nor an ear and eye that more expected the impossible. Nah, no, not in boyhood when with rod and fly or the humbler worm. I climbed Ben Bulpin's back and had the live long summer day to spend. <laughs> Did you have the live long day of summer to spend? Yeah, you used to. Did you as a. Oh, that was in your boyhood. Yeah, I guess I had the live long summer day to spend. But now I'm decrepit, age has been tied to me. You're old now. Oh, and what shall I do now that I'm a decrepit age that has been tied? And what shall I do with the absurdity of this podcast? Oh, I see. Of what? Oh, you don't know what you shall do. Is that like determining where you're going? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going into the poetry of William Butler Yeats to find my friends, uh-huh. new friends, yeah. Yeah. Then why, 
Are are you writing poetry? Yeah. What shall I do? We answer that as to read or write poetry. What shall I do with this absurdity, O heart, O troubled heart, this caricature, constructed age has been tied to me as to a dog's tail? Never had I more excited, passionate, fantastical imagination, nor an ear and eye that more expected the impossible. No, not in boyhood, when with rod and fly or the humbler worm, I climbed Ben Bulbin's back and had the live long summer day to spend playing tennis. <laughs> yeah, well, you still have the live long day. <laughs> There's no summer day left. Well, you have, the heat is, it's fairly warm. I still have some summer. Hi, thank you. Is this chocolate? Is that for, that's a brawn you put in here. A brawn, you, what's that? Take it, uh, the, the niños. You, you want this? You no, care? Ya no. No, ya no. Ya no. I think the brawn had this. No I don't know why they brought that in here. Yeah, you still have, I still have the live long, some fall day to spend playing tennis. So. Yeah, but you don't, if you go away, you won't have the live long fall day to spend playing tennis. Well, you can make it happen. Uh, yeah, I still have time to play after I get my work done, fixing the car and I go to that place where Daisy's husband used to take his car in the book The Great Gatsby down into the pits of Willet Point. <laughs> yeah, and then you go to Flushing a Tennis Court. Yeah. yeah, these live long summer days have been spent already and now I'm decrepit in age and uh, I'm too old. You're not that old, though. You. <laughs> well, if I read poetry, I get younger. So, and have the live long summer day to spend. It seems that I must bid the muse go pack. Huh. I have to have my muses pack now, so they're packing right now. It seems that I must bid the muse to go pack and choose Plato and Platonus for a friend. Well, you also you're choosing Plato and Platonus for a friend until imagination, ear, and eye can be content with argument and deal in abstract things or be derided by a sort of battered kettle at the heel. I pace upon the battlements and stare on the foundations of a house or where a tree like a soddy finger starts from the earth and sends imagination forth under the day's declining beam and call images and memories from ruin or from ancient trees for I would ask a question of them all. Beyond the ridge lived Mrs. French, and once when every silver candlestick or sconce slid up the dark mahogany and the wine, a, a serving man that could divine that most respected lady's every wish ran in with the garden shears clipped an insolent farmer's ears. 
Oh, are you going to do that? Yeah, I'm planning to clip an insolent farmer's ears. Wow. How do you do that? Are you going to Ohio? Yeah, ran and with the garden shears, clipped an insolent farmer's ears and brought them in a little covered dish. Some few remembered still when I was young, a peasant girl commented by a song, commended by a song who'd lived somewhere upon that rocky place and praised the color of her face and had the greater joy in praising her. Remembering that, if walked she there, farmers jostled at the fair, so great a flurry did the song confer. The farmers were jostling at Huron County Fair, I guess. And certain men being maddened by those rhymes, or else by toasting her a score of times, rose from the table and declared it right to test their fancy by their sight. But they mistook the brightness of the moon for the prosaic light of day. Music had driven their wits astray, and one was drowned in the great bog of gloom. Wow, who was drowned? Hmm. Well, his fancy, his wits were went astray when he looked at... Uh, uh, he was maddened by uh, the brightness of the moon. Uh, Mm. Mm. Oh. Strange, but the man who made the song was blind, yet now I have considered it. I find that nothing strange. The tragedy began with Homer that was a blind man, and Helen has her living hearts betrayed, has all Helen. Helen is like a blonde Helen has all living hearts betrayed. Oh, may the moon and sunlight seem one inextricable beam. For if I triumph, I must make men mad. Okay. Oh, I see. So, for you to triumph in writing poetry, it should drive men mad. Yeah. If they go crazy listening to this podcast, then I have triumphed. It'll be triumphal. For if I triumph, I must make men mad. And I myself created Hanrahan and drove him drunk or sober through the dawn. For somewhere in the neighboring cottages, I caught, caught by an old man's jug, jug, juggleries, he stumbled tumbled, fumbled to and fro, and had but broken knees for hire and horrible splendor of desire. I thought it all out twenty years ago. Oh, did you think this out? Yeah, I thought this out. Twenty years ago, I had this all thought out, actually. But what happened to your knees, Yeah, I had um, broken knees, for, and uh, but they got. Um, I had knee surgery, and now 
that was during the horrible splendor of desire and had but broken knees for hire and horrible splendor of desire. I thought it all out 20 years ago. Oh, that's when you... Yeah, that's 20 years ago. Yeah. Hmm. Did you have broken knees? And, and was there a horrible blunder to your desire 20 years ago? Goodfellows shuffled cards in an old bond. And when that ancient ruffian's turn was on, he so bewitched the cards under his thumb that all but the one card became a pack of hounds and not a pack of cards. And that he changed into a hare, and Hanrahan rose in a frenzy there and followed up those baying creatures towards... Uh, oh, did you play cards at the tennis court, or what happened? <laughs> I thought you were going to take a backgammon board, but you said uh, you only like the big backgammon cards, and uh, you only like the big leather ones. Oh, you only take an expensive big full-size one. Yeah, well... Yeah, I don't have that, and I think that would be take up a lot of space in the car. Seems I'm a minimalist and have conflicts that way. Yeah, okay. Oh, towards I have forgotten what enough. I must recall a man that neither love nor at music nor an enemy's clipped ears could. He was so harried cheer, a figure that has grown so fabulous. There's not a neighbor left to say when he finished his dog's day. An ancient bankrupt master of his house. Uh, you are like an ancient bankrupt master. Yeah, I am bankrupt and I'm pretty ancient. And yeah, and you're a master uh, of yourself, I thought. Uh, are you... <laughs> Are you really kind of a bankrupt master? Yeah. Who is that? An ancient bankrupt master of this house. Before that ruin came, for centuries, rough men at arms gathered carter to the knees or show or shot in iron. Climbed the narrow stairs, and certain men at arms there were, whose images in the great memory stored come with loud cry and panting breast to break upon a sleeper's rest, while their great wooden dice break on the board. As I would question all, come all who can, come old necessitas. Was that like necessity? Necessito? <laughs> Necessitios, half-mounted man, and bring beauty's blind, rambling celebrant, the red man, the juggler sent through God's forsaken meadows. Mrs. French gifted with so fine an ear, the man drowned in a bog's mire. When mocking muses chose the country wench. God, what happened there? You were drowned in a bog's mire where the muses mocked you, yeah. The man drowned in a bog's mire when mocking muses chose the country wench. Did all old men and women, rich and poor, who trod upon those, these rocks or past this door, 
whether in public or in secret rage, as I do now against all age. Uh, what happened? What are you doing against old age? Are you playing tennis or reading poetry or writing poetry? What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Well, okay. You said that you opened this poem with, What Shall I Do? Yeah. Did all old men and women, rich and poor, who trod upon these rocks or past this door, whether in public or in secret rage. As I do now against old age, but I have found an answer in those eyes that are impatient to be gone. Go, therefore, but leave Hanrahan, for I need all his mighty memories. Oh, you need all his mighty memories. Old Letcher, with a love on every wind, bring up out of that deep considering mind all that you have discovered in the grave. Hmm. What did you discover? Are you going to the graveyard? Or? Old Letcher, with the love on every wind, bring up out of that deep considering mind all that you have discovered in the grave. <clears throat> For it is certain that you have reckoned up every unforeseen for known, unseeing, plunge, lured by a softening eye, or by a touch, or a sigh, into the labyrinth of another's being. Does the imagination dwell the most upon a woman won or woman lost? Yeah, what are you thinking about, the women that you the most of the new women you're going to win are the women you've lost. Does the imagination dwell the most upon a woman won or a woman lost? If on the lost, admit you turned aside from a great labyrinth out of pride. Huh. Why don't you admit to it then? Why haven't you admitted to it? If on the lost, admit you turned aside from a great labyrinth out of pride. Mm. Did you have cowardice as well? Are you a coward? Cowardice, some silly, over-subtle thought, or anything called conscience once, and that if memory reoccur, recur the suns under eclipse and the day blotted out. Hmm. It is time that I wrote my will. <clears throat> Are you going to get a lawyer and write a will? Is it time? Yeah, well, you said that you're a decrepit age. You're old. Are you old? Are you bankrupt? So why do you need an ill? Why would you need a will if you're an ancient bankrupt master? But you said you're at a decrepit age, or you are, hmm, yeah, what about that? Does, it is time that I wrote my will, I choose upstanding men that climb the streams until the fountain leap, and at dawn drop their cast at the side. 
of dripping stone, I declare they shall inherit my pride, the pride of people that were bound neither to cars nor to state, neither to slaves that were spat on, nor to the tyrants that spat the people of Burke or of Graton that gave though through or throw free to refuse pride like that of the morn when the headlong light is loose and that of the fabulous horn or that of the sudden shower when all streams are dry or that of the hour when the swan must fix his eye upon a fading gleam float out upon a long last reach of glittering stream and there sing his last song and I declare my faith. I mock Platonus's thought and cry in Plato's teeth. Death and life were not till man made up the whole, made lock, stock, and barrel out of his bitter soul. What's that again? <laughs> Do you understand this stuff? Well, I will in the future understand it. I mock Platonus's thought and cry in Plato's teeth, death and life were not till man made up the whole, made lot, stock and barrel, and out of his bitter soul. Hey, sun and moon and star, all, oh, and further add to that, that being dead we rise. Oh, is that if you see the sun, the moon, and a star? Yeah. You could be dead. Ah, sun and moon and star all, and further add to that, that being dead, we rise. Dream and so create translunar paradise. I have repaired my peace with learned Italian things and the proud stones of Greece. Oh, you prepared your peace with learning Italian things from Maria and the proud stones of Greece with Aregula, yeah. Oh, so you had a first wife was Italian and your girlfriend was Greek, yeah. I mo but you, why are you mocking Platonus's thought? I thought you liked him. I mock Platonus's thought and cry in Plato's teeth, death and life were not till man made up the whole, made lock, stock, and barrel, and out of his bitter soul. Ah, sun and moon and star all, and further add to that, the, that being dead we rise. Dream and so create translunar paradise. I have prepared my peace with learned Italian things and the proud stones of Greece. Poets' imaginings and memories of love. Memories of the words of women, and all those things whereof. Man be makes a superhuman, mere resembling dream. As at the loophole there, the daws chatter and stream, and the drop twigs layer upon layer when they have mounted up. The mother bird will rest on their hollow top, and so warm her wild nest <laughs> I leave both faith and pride to young upstanding men climbing the mountainside. Huh. What did you leave? I leave both faith and pride to young upstanding men climbing the mountainside that under bursting dawn they may dropify, being that 
of that metal maid till it was broken by their sedentary trade. Now shall I make my soul compelling it to study in a learned school. Hmm. Is that what you're going to do then? You said, what shall I do at the beginning of this poem? What shall I do? Yeah. Now shall I make my soul compelling it to study in a learned school till the wreck of body, slow decay of blood, testy delirium or dull decrepitude of that what worse evil come, the death of friends or death of every brilliant eye that made a catch in the breath, seen but the clouds of the sky. <laughs> When the horizon fades, or a bird's sleepy cry among the deepening shades. Did you have a death of your friend? Did... Yeah, you said you had the Italian, and then you had the Greek, and then, then Kathy Pryor was Irish, and she died. Yeah, the death of friends. So now shall I make my soul compelling it to study in the learned school till the wreck of body slow decay of blood, testy delirium, or decrepitude, or what worse evil come, the death of friends, or death of every brilliant eye that made a catch in the breath, uh, seem but the clouds of the sky, when the horizon fades, or a bird's sleepy cry among the deepening shades. Ugh. So that tells, well, this is what you plan to do, or what you figured out what you should do. Yeah, with this absurdity of this reading, this poem. Oh, why did you read it absurdly, though? Well, I was excited, passionate, and had a fantastical imagination. Okay, well, this was, what shall I do was to read a podcast, a poem called The Tower by William Butler Yeats. It's October, maybe you should read something appropriate, appropriate to Halloween, huh? Yeah, well, what makes this appropriate, Well, I don't know. What about when you're on the when you're on the Astoria Heights playground? You aren't you among school children after they get out of school? <laughs> yeah, how could you play with all those kids around? Well, yeah, I don't. I can't probably. Okay, so. So what's the point? Uh, what's the point of this podcast? And are you going to read any more Yeats poetry? Yeah, that's the point point of this podcast. Uh, now that I'm turned 60 years old. <laughs> All right, so I'll read the poem. This one is just called uh, Amongst, uh, Amongst Us, Among Us. Among Us. No, it's not called that. It's called Among School Children. William Butler Yeats. 
I walk through the long schoolroom questioning. A kind old nun in a white hood replies, The school, the children learn to cipher and to sing, to study reading books and history. Oh, is that what you do? Yeah. Well, that makes me like a child because I cipher and I sing and I study reading books and history. Also, you're not watching television, you're reading books and history, yeah. To cut and sew, be neat in everything. Oh, and you're trying to be neat and clean the kitchen and declutter your room, yeah. Did you clean up your car? Yeah. To cut and sew, be neat in everything, in the best modern way, the children's eyes. In momentary wonder, stare upon a 60-year-old smiling public man. Oh, is that what you are? Yeah, I'm 60. I am a 60-year-old smiling public man. Are you in public? Yeah. Yeah, this podcast is public. Yeah. I dream of a Lida-ian body. I don't know if that's Lita the, and like and Lita the swan. Lita Ian body bent. Above a sinking fire, a tale that she told of a harsh reproof or trivial event that changed some childish day to tragedy. Told, and it seemed that our two natures blent into a sphere from useful sympathy, or else to alter Plato's parable. Into the yolk and white of the one shell. And thinking of that fit of grief or rage, I look upon one child or t'other there and wonder if she stood so at that age. For even daughters of the swan can share something of every paddler's heritage and had that color upon cheek or hair. And therefore my heart is driven wild. She stands before me as a living child. Her present image floats into the mind. Did Quattro centro finger fashion it, hollow of cheek as though it drank the wind and took a mess of shadows for its meat. And I, though never of Lydian kind, had pretty plumage once enough of that. Better to smile on all that smile and show there is a comfortable kind of old scarecrow. Oh, that's for Halloween, yeah. And I'm saying it's better to smile on all that smile and show. And there is a comfortable kind of old scarecrow. Oh, what is that? What youthful mother, a shape upon her lap, honey of a generation, had betrayed? And that must sleep shriek, struggle to escape as recollection of the drug decides. Would think her son, did she but see that shape with sixty or more winners on its head? A compensation for the pang of his birth or the uncertainty of his setting forth? Plato thought nature but a spume that plays upon a ghostly paradigm of things. <laughs> yeah, spume is like a froth or foam as in the spume of the white-capped waves. Uh, 
Plato thought nature but a spume that plays upon a ghostly paradigm of things. Solid or Aristotle played the taws upon the bottom of a king of kings. World-famous golden-thighed Pythagoras, Pythagoras, Pythagoras fingered upon a fiddlestick or strings. What a star sang and careless muses heard. Old clothes upon old sticks to scare a bird. <laughs> Hmm. That's stanza number six in a poem uh, among school children. Oh, I see. You have Plato and Pythagoras. Yeah. Plato thought nature but a spume that plays upon a ghostly paradigm of things. Solider Aristotle played the toss upon the bottom of a king of kings. World-famous, golden-thighed Pythagoras, Pythagoras, fingered upon a fiddlestick or strings. What a star sang and careless muses heard. Old clothes upon old sticks to scare a bird. <laughs> Both nuns and mothers worship images, but those the candles light are not as those that animate a mother's reveries, but keep a marble or a bronze repose, and yet they too break hearts, of presences that passion, piety, or affection knows, and that all heavenly glory symbolize, O oh, self-born mockers of man's enterprise. Labor is blossoming or dancing where the body is not bruised to pleasure soul, nor beauty born out of its own despair, nor blue-eyed wisdom out of midnight oil. O oh, chestnut tree, great rooted blossomer, are you the leaf, the blossom, or the bowl? O oh, body swayed to music, O oh, brightening glance, how can we know the dancer from the dance? Yeah, how do you know? Are you the leaf? Uh, who is the leaf? Is that, are you going to Vermont uh, to find out, are you the leaf? Uh, uh -huh. What does this poem mean? Well, that, they're poems that don't know the meaning. That's why they're among school children. I just read a poem cold without having pre-read it or looked at it ever. Okay, that might be interesting, yeah. You shouldn't prepare anything that doesn't have the vitality of freshness, okay. This poem I haven't read. A dialogue, it's a dialogue of self and soul. Okay. It's also Yeats. Says my soul, I summon to the winding ancient stair. Set all your mind upon the steep ascent. Hmm. Set all your mind upon the steep ascent, upon the broken, crumbling battlement, 
Upon the breathless starlit air, Upon the star that marks the hidden pole, Fix every wandering thought upon that quarter Where all thought is done. Whoa. My goodness. Am I to do that? Uh Fix every wandering thought upon that quarter Where all thought is done. Oh, goodness. How do you do that? Hmm. Should I stop thinking? How do I podcast when I stop? Uh Who can distinguish darkness from the soul? Uh Hmm. It's myself, the consecrated blade upon my knees. Is Sato's ancient blade, still as it was, still razor keen, still like a looking glass, unspotted by the centuries. That flowering silken old embroidery torn from some court lady's dress and round the wooden scabbard bound and wound. Uh, can tattered still protect faded adorn? Uh-huh. My soul. Why should the imagination of a man long past his prime remember things that are emblematical of love and war? Goodness, you have to be an old Englishman to understand this. Uh Why don't you go to England and figure it out? Okay. Why should the imagination of a man long past his prime like I am? Are you past your prime? Well, do you have any imagination? Why should the imagination of a man long past his prime remember things that are emblematical of love and war question mark think of ancestral night that can but if but if but imagination scorn the earth and intellect its wandering to this and that and that other thing deliver from the crime of death and birth Hmm. now myself says Matashki Shirgi, third of his family, fashioned it. Five hundred years ago, about it lie flowers from I know not what embroidery. Hearts purple and all these I set for emblems of the day against the tower, emblematical of the night, and claim as by a soldier's right a charter to commit the crime once more. Hmm. My soul says, Such fullness in that quarter overflows and falls into the basin of the mind. That man is stricken deaf and dumb and blind, for intellect no longer knows, is from the ought, or knower from the known. That is to say, ascends to heaven, only the dead can be forgiven. But when I think of that, my tongue's a stone. Hmm. And then it says, myself says, <clears throat> myself. <clears throat> What's the difference between myself and my soul? Mm-hmm. That's what we're working on here. A living man is blind and drinks his drop. What matter if the ditches are impure? What matter if I live it all once more? 
endure that toil of growing up, the ignominy of boyhood, the distress of boyhood changing into man. Yeah, did you see the movie Boyhood? Uh, yeah. Does that help? I don't know. The unfinished man and his pain brought face to face with his own clumsiness. The finished man among his enemies, how in the name of heaven can he escape the defiling or disfigured shape, the mirror of malicious eyes cast upon his eyes until at last he thinks that shape must be his shape. Oh, okay. And what's the good of an escape? If honor find him in the wintry blast. I am content to live it all again. And yet again, if it be life to pitch into the frog spawn of a blind man's ditch. Hmm. You're content to that, huh? I am content to live it all again, and yet again, if it be life to pitch into the frog spawn of a blind man's ditch, a blind man battering blind men, or into that most fagunda ditch of all, the folly that man does or must suffer if he woos a proud woman, not kindred of his soul. Is that what happened? Huh? Did you... Was that a folly? Did you suffer? Did you woo a proud woman not kindred of his soul? Oh. Wow. A blind man batters blind men or into that most fagun ditch of all. Oh, that's the most fagund ditch of all. The folly that man does or must suffer if he woos a proud woman not kindred of his soul. What is that? What's a fagoon ditch? Well, do you know any English at all? Why is it you don't know? Hardly anything. Well, that's why I have Google. <laughs> why does, what good is Google? Google is everything. Huh? A fagund is, uh, is producing or capable of produ producing an abundance of offspring, new growth, or fertile. Hmm. Really? A fagund ditch. Uh, becoming pregnant. Uh, did somebody get pregnant? Or into that most fagoon ditch of all, the folly that man does or must suffer if he woos a proud woman, not kindred of his soul. I am content to follow to its source every event in action or in thought. Measure the light, forgive myself the light, when such as I cast out remorse. So great a sweetness flows into the breast. He must laugh and we must sing. We are blessed by everything. Everything we look upon is blessed. We're blessed by everything. Everything we look upon is blessed. Hmm.
Is that what happened in the dialogue of self and soul? Are you going to the rowboat pond in Central Park? <laughs> Why would you go there? Oh, you want to see the swans, or maybe you think it's, it may be beautiful if it is autumn. Oh, okay. But I thought you would go to Vermont, but which is it? Are you going to Central Park or Vermont? I don't know. Well, why don't you just read something, appropriamente, and Yeats or something? Okay. There's a poem here called The Wild Swans at Cool by William Butler Yeats. It says, the trees are in their autumn beauty. The woodland paths are dry. Under the October twilight, the water mirrors a still sky. Upon the brimming water among the stones are nine and fifty swans. Yeah, why don't you count that way? You could say instead of fifty-nine, say... Oh, there's nine and fifty swans. Uh Yeah, you could do that. Oh, that's like saying I have nine and fifty dollars, or I have, oh, yeah, you could count that way. It might seem very romantic poetically. Okay. The trees are in their autumn beauty. The woodland paths are dry. Under the October twilight, the water mirrors a still sky. Upon the brimming water among the stones are nine and fifty swans. The nineteenth autumn has come upon me. Since I first made my count, uh, I saw before I had well finished all suddenly amount and scatter wheeling in great broken rings upon their clamorous wings. Uh, I have looked upon these, those brilliant creatures and now my heart is sore. All's changed since I, hearing at twilight, the first time on the shore, the bell beat of their wings above my head and trod with a lighter tread. Unworried still, lover by lover, they paddle in the cold, the passion companionable streams, or climb the air. Their hearts have not grown old. Passion or conquest, one wonder where they will attend upon them still. Now, but now they drift on the still water, mysterious, beautiful. Yeah, do you have a picture of the swan with your, with your, uh, ma, marema white dog? Uh, yeah, I have a beautiful picture of somewhere of my of a white dog uh, with the swans. Uh, But now they drift on the still water, mysterious, beautiful. Among what rushes will they build? By what lakes edge or pool? To light men's eyes when I awake someday to find they have flown away. (laughs) What was that? Like an autumn poem? Yeah, I've, it's, it's been 19 autumns for me. Oh, I see. Hmm. Are you or aren't you going to meet a witty, lovely lady who can sing like a bird? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if I'll meet 
already lovely lady. And but I can in this poem. This one is called uh, Three Hermits by Yeats. Three old hermits took the air by a cold and desolate sea. First was muttering a prayer, the second rummaged for a flea. On the windy stone, the third giddy with his hundredth year, sang unnoticed like a bird. Though the door of death is near, and what waits behind the door three times in a single day, I, though upright on the shore, fall asleep when I should pray. Huh. Did you fall asleep when you should be praying? <laughs> I don't know. So I don't usually fall asleep. So the first, but now the second. We ha we are but given what we have earned. Oh, really? You're only getting what you've earned. We are we are but given what we have earned. When all thoughts and deeds are reckoned, oh, so you're just gonna get what's due to you in karma. We've but given what we are, but given what we have earned. When all thoughts and deeds are reckoned, so it's plain to be discerned that the shades of holy men who have failed, being weak of will, pass the door of birth again. Huh. If you're weak of will, you might have to pass the door of birth again and are plagued by crowds until they are the passion. They are the passion to escape. Huh. Oh. Do you have to build up the passion to escape? Huh? Is that to break the wheel of reincarnation or something? Huh. Moan the other, they are thrown into some most fearful shape. But the second mocked his moan. They are not changed to anything, having loved God once, but maybe... To a poet or a king, or a witty, lovely lady, while he's rummaged rags and hair, caught and cracked his flea, the third giddy with his hundredth year sang unnoticed like a bird. Uh -huh. Yeah, this podcast is being sung sort of unnoticed like a bird. When you go to that rowboat pond uh, in the autumn leaves in the Central Park with the swans, are you going to admire yourself in the water? <laughs> yeah, normally you're supposed to go with a date or something romantic, but if you don't have one, then you just have to be an old man uh, admiring himself in the water. Okay. Well, is there a poem like that from Yeats? Yeah. It's called The Old Men Admiring Themselves in the Water. And it says, I heard the old, old men say, Everything alters, and one by one we drop away. They had hands for white claws, and their knees were twisted like the old thorn trees by the waters. I heard the old, old men say, all that's beautiful drifts away like the waters. So these podcasts are all drifting away, and you're drifting away, yeah. 
and all my memories, and there's no one to go with me to the rowboat pond, because uh, they all faded away. <laughs> the old men are marrying themselves in the water. I heard the old, old men say, everything alters, and one by one we drop away. They had hands like claws, and their knees were twisted like the old darn trees by the waters. I heard the old, old men say, all that's beautiful drifts away like the waters. Hmm. When are you going to Vermont? Are you going to get a cabin or are you going to... Stay in a cheap hotel in Albany because <laughs> there's no uh, no rooms left in the, in Vermont. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I'm gonna go to the Lake Isle of Innisfree and the poetry of Yeats. <laughs> the Lake Isle of Innisfree. I will arise and go now and go to Innisfree and a small cabin build there. Of clay and wattles made, nine bean rows will I have there, a hive for the honey bee, and live alone in the bee loud glade. I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings. There midnight's all a glimmer, and noon a purple glow, and evening full of linnet's wings. I will arise and go now, for always night and day. I hear lake water lipping with low sounds by the shore. While I stand on the roadway or on the pavement's gray, I hear it in the deep heart's core.